You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Gray. Today we're sitting down to do kind of a part two to the 100th episode because it was late. We had some other things we wanted to talk about. Um, Yeah, so that's what we're doing today here on the show for the 101 episode. 101. 101. (laughs) And good God, have so many things changed since we recorded the 100th episode what was that, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, three weeks ago. Wow. Um, so on the 100th episode, we announced the estate sale company and that we had our first sale and we did our first sale. Huh, and good God. Um, wow. So you came and helped work, which was delightful mm-hmm. at the Eleanor house. Um, and we, in the process of booking that sale, had that sale booked, we're working on it. We booked our second sale in Shelley at the Sherman home, which we just announced. Um, and we have, we set up another consultation time during that time to go meet with somebody else. I was so nervous opening night of the estate sale. It was like the culmination of four weeks of way too much work coming together. Right. And we were there Thursday morning, Melissa and I working and, um, because that sale opened that night at four. And we were there and we had people show up to try and shop the sale at 9 a.m. And we were just like, sorry, we don't open yet. You know, we'll be here at four. And then we deal with. I, I heard about the line <laughs> from some, uh, a couple people on, well, there was a blog. And then oh, on yeah. Instagram, I saw somebody else as well mention that. <laughs> I, that's when I wanted to pass out i it was about two o'clock and somebody parked in front of the house <laughs> and stayed there and then he was the first one in line yeah and they're delightful people mm-hmm. um so that's when we were like oh shit we need to put a canopy up outside because people are lining up and it's two hours till opening yeah. and it's 95 degrees outside yeah. and no clouds so then we set up a canopy um i stayed in the house we finished, we were pricing up until three o'clock, finishing pricing that house. And I looked, stood up and looked out the window. I was sitting on a stool in the kitchen, finishing pricing some things. And I looked out the window and the line had started to go down the driveway at <laughs> three o'clock. Oh, wow. By the time doors opened, the driveway was probably, what would you say, 25 feet? Yeah. 30 uh, feet? Yeah, th- 30 or so. Thirty. So from the the sidewalk that's right by the street up to where the canopy was, was probably 15 to 20 feet. Mm-hmm. And the line started there, went down the driveway, took a 90 degree and went down four houses. Oh my gosh. There was a f- four house oh line of people waiting to get inside the Eleanor house. And I took a anxiety pill. <laughs> yeah. I hope and an Adderall. Really, <laughs> I don't falls really loves their estate sales. <laughs> And then people that were coming were like, we had to park three blocks away. Oh, my God. We had people come from Boise, Salt Lake, Montana, Jackson. It wasn't just an Idaho Falls thing. Yeah. And then 
uh, <laughs> we opened the doors and Melissa thought, uh, well, I said, I said, do a time lapse. So she set up her camera last minute at the register and yeah. got the flood of people going into that home. Oh, yeah. And it, and then we had a checkout line for two hours. Good Lord. And <laughs> that is the night that Melissa and I were both incredibly exhausted. I believe. Yeah. We did this house in a really quick turnaround time. We should have had four weeks. Um, but we did the house start to finish in 18 days to the sale. And yeah, it was a great weekend. We did a four day sale and we sold a bunch of stuff. It was a fantastic launch of the brand. I was absolutely over the moon with how well it went, how well it was received, that everybody got everything we were trying to do. They loved the branding. They loved all of it. Like it was truly like a damn near perfect launch. And yeah, we finished up at the house, loaded our stuff up and took it all to Shelly, which is where mm -hmm. the next sale is. And it's very kismet because it's like two miles from where my family's original homestead is. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. And there was, of course, I cried in the basement. Oh. Um, I was downstairs in the basement of the Sherman home, and there is a whole corner of the basement that was the gentleman that lived there before. It was his reloading area. Mm-hmm. And going through all of those things and knowing what most of them were made me feel so close to my grandpa. And I was so mm. sad that I couldn't call him yeah. to tell him, like, you'll never guess what I found. Um, but I was so thankful. And it was me and my little brother. My little brother's working for me. And it was me and my little brother in the basement going through the reloading stuff, mm -hmm. remembering our grandpa and... It was just delightful. That's something that that, that I find very interesting. New line of work. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're, you're going to be finding kind of uh, there's going to. I think there's going to be always. That's 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 going to be the constant. Like there's mm -hmm. always going to be something that reminds you of something. Reminds you of uh, the tentativeness of life <laughs> and how uh -huh. impermanent things are. But especially the, the the people that these things belong to as well, right? Like. Yeah. There's going to be constant reminders of somebody that you miss, right? Mm -hmm. It's it, mm -hmm. which is really interesting to think about. It's similar to like how a smell it can bring back a, a memory. That will surely happen as well. But like little objects that you pro you wouldn't have this. I mean, this happened at the the first sale at yeah. the Eleanor house with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I saw something like that. I remembered from I I had to be three years old. <laughs> And really? I would never have thought of it for the rest of my life or remembered it or anything. But I saw it and it and it fired off some synapses from, you know, 30 years ago that that blew me away, really. Like the, the nostalgia hole. Like I think that's what a lot of this kind of new yeah. venture is going to bring. And you're of course talking about Castle Gray Skull. Yeah. <laughs> that was with the original box. That went the first night. Yeah. Within the first hour. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> my, uh, yeah. my older brother had one when I was a kid. And I never would have remembered that if I hadn't seen that. And that was that was something that kind of continued to happen over the course of that sale was lots of adults that would go into that toy room and oh, yeah. come out with something with glee on their yeah. face. Right. You know, we had somebody that there was a little tykes, little people village 
Like mm-hmm. it's got, it's yeah. like a row of businesses, you know? Yeah. The, and the tiny little, little square people with round mm-hmm. heads. <laughs> and they, this woman came out of the house with it and she just looked elated. And she said, oh. I had this when I was a kid and had not thought of it yeah. until this moment. <laughs> and I saw it in that room and I just went, I have to take that home to give it so my grandkids can play yeah, with it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. And that just kept happening. This That's incredible. So Oh, the funniest thing. I don't know if she listened. She's a teenager. She There was a bunch of yearbooks in the house from when you and I would have been in junior high and high school. Okay. So early 2000s too, you know. And this darling girl goes, I had to go in and find a yearbook for my birth year. And somebody says, oh, what's your birth year? And she goes, 2006. And I went, I'm going to go play in traffic. I... And she just kept laying it in. She goes, I just loved to see how they dressed and like what they were wearing and all these things. And I was like, yeah, me too. I love. That's weird. (laughs) We're, we're so, we're in our mid thirties, hardly. And like, yeah, this is the age, I guess, where people start like lamenting the passage of time. (laughs) Yeah. And I just (laughs) went, I. Everything is a reminder. That's like, there's people, we are the before time now. And she just kept saying, like, the way they did this and the way and like the, the stuff they, they used. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, those old people, the way they. And she goes, well, when did you? And I went, I said, I graduated in 2008. And she just was oh like, that's so cool. Did you? And then insert. And I was like, yeah, I also had a CD player that skipped like a bitch on the bus. But what do you do? Yeah. Um, so that was fun. And then she came back on discount day and bought a whole other stack of yearbooks. That's that's crazy. That's that's very cool. I love that. Yeah. So it was just, it was wonderful, right? It was yeah. so lovely. And we got a lot of great feedback. Mm-hmm. And this gentleman named Dustin from Boise mm-hmm. drove all the way over um, because of the toys specifically. And we had heard rumors about this mysterious toy man (laughs) about how he shows up with a tote and like supermarket sweeps a table and i went that's bullshit i'm not buying that for a minute and (sighs) when i looked out the window he was like third in line and there was a tote at his feet and i went and i looked to melissa i said the toy the toy tote guy's here she goes shut the fuck up (laughs) and so i um went outside and i had greeted everybody in line and did my little spiel and i said to him i said i have to tell you your reputation precedes you. And he goes, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> and so, I said... When somebody says that to you, it can only be, feels like it can only be bad news. <laughs> I said, um, your toy tote. I said, I've heard about this. So when we brought the G.I. Joe figurines out and laid them on the table, not five feet from him, mm-hmm. he was... Which, also delightful, you could read all about his experience at the Mothball estate sale because he wrote a lovely blog. His Instagram is the Dragon Fortress and he collects all of these toys for himself and does little blogs and videos and wonderful little photo shoots with these figurines. Mm -hmm. And so he is going to be opening them and showing them on his Instagram. And I will also have linked on this uh, week's episode webpage um, which you can find at themothballprophecies.com all of the uh, his blog but his story uh, was truly touching and I don't want to spoil it for anybody because it had I think the whole team in tears reading through what those toys meant to him and the yeah. connection he had to those even right, down yeah. to the original price tag stickers um, yeah that was oh yeah the store I forgot yeah he mm-hmm. mentioned this 
how the store was such a kind of a mainstay in his childhood, right? Yeah. And that was what I came home and he wrote that that evening. Um, I came home to it on my on the Mothball Prophecies Instagram and just cried happy tears in my backyard um, because it was beautiful. It was a beautiful yeah. first day. Um, we did the sale through the weekend and then... The following week, um, I made, and may, some of you have probably seen this on Instagram, but I had to uh, walk away from behind the chair of doing hair because of yep. arthritis and carpal tunnel. Uh, my hands have just had enough of that career. Um, and it's been something that's been going on for probably four or five years with my hands. And it finally reached its head, you know, which at the perfect time. Um, and so I made the decision to fully leave hairdressing and am now full-time mothball, which is I, as even though I cried a lot on Instagram, I cried because of the people that it was affecting. Right. right? I, um, am actually very happy that I now get to do this because I've wanted to do just mothball stuff for, well, since the beginning, mm -hmm. I wanted to get to the point that it was all I was doing was mothball stuff. And now I am. Now I am. Thanks. <laughs> full mothball prophecies and full mothball estate sales. It's awesome. It's so awesome. I'm I'm so very excited because, I mean, I'm more excited at how and surprised right of with the immediate kind of success of it all. <laughs> I like, wish we were recording this because my face just did like a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was certainly unexpected and like, because everyone was nervous and uh, and just very, I mean, trying well, to be I was reserved like, and like, yeah. well, we'll probably do this for a while until it picks up and try to build a thing and kind of right out the gate, it's been... <laughs> It's it's been it's a bit like I said at the start it's been a whirlwind already. Mm -hmm. Jill and I always described it as being strapped to the front of a freight train. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. okay, here we go. I just close your oh. eyes so they don't dry out. Yeah, and that's the same with like the estate sale company. Like, uh, right. we're working on our second house and we just booked our third today. Yeah, before wouldn't. Uh, Melissa and I went and met with a lovely family this morning and booked before we left awesome. and then just high-fived a bunch on the way home. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and I'm like, I, you know, I'm so grateful because I just feel like this is what I was meant to do. Like, it just feels very Damn. natural. It feels like. That's so great. God, I love hearing that. What I was supposed to do. And I, you know, the only second guessing I get is that annoying bitch ass voice in your head, you know, that. <laughs> talk shit and she's getting a lot quieter um yeah, ignore the bitch ass voice ignore that bitch ass voice <laughs> um but yeah so it's i am so content and like my husband had a good point of saying like well now you know like you're doing the estate sale stuff and the show stuff and he goes you don't you're not relying on people showing up to pay you like you show up to yeah. work and that's how you make your money. Yeah. And he was so right. Cause the last two years with COVID, like the cancellations oh God, and yeah. the amount of money Jeez. I would lose, like yeah. doing my taxes, I was just like, Oh, all right. Yeah. I remember that thin month. And oh. you know, yeah. like it's nice to know that now I don't have to make decisions between like, okay, my kid needs new shoes and I also need new shoes, but I had three colors not show up. So I'll wear these and get him more shoes. Yeah. 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 It's truly um it's incredible. I'm so thankful and humbled by the support of strangers and Yeah, people. the reception has really been incredible. 
Mm-hmm. So thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. And um, it's just, you know, and then, oh, I do have to tell people. So we decided after we had our barbecue, right, with all of mm-hmm. our friends, I said, whenever we do this again, we're, this is going to be a regular thing, right? We're going to do it on Saturday nights and we're going to call it Heathen Home Evening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Spelch and I had our first Heathen Home Evening last <laughs> night with our children because my son and her daughter are BFFs. Yeah, and every day we pick them up from daycare because they go to the same daycare. They both just go, are we going to insert child's name? Yeah. So we had a Heathen Home Evening last night and it rained and thunderstorms and I made Alfredo. And we had cheesecake with strawberries. Mm. It was delightful until I remembered I'm no longer 16 and cannot consume that amount of dairy (laughs) ever again. The whole age thing comes back into play. (laughs) Can't do it. I'm doing. We're real cleansy today. Real thin on the uh, amount of things we're consuming. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -mm. No, thank you. Yeah, so that was, um, but yeah, that house in Shelly's lovely, and I did find one treasure that I'm taking because he's generally trash. <laughs> My mom was sweeping in the basement and goes, oh God, there's a snake. And I was thinking there was like a snake in the house. Right. No, it was a mummified, dehydrated garter Whoa. snake. <laughs> so I picked him up and put him in a safe spot because he's just flat as a pancake. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So- found me a snake speaking of dehydrated things <laughs> <laughs> um melissa and i were also talking about speaking of houses and stuff right. weird things we were speaking about like what items from each home are going to follow us to the next and so far it's been the spring blossom spring daisy pyrex pattern is also in this house and that brown costco step stool kid stool is in this house mm-hmm. it was in the eleanor house and it's in the next home <laughs> and I went. Weird. There it is. Okay. There it is. There's the stool. Follow. Eventually, eventually, you'll find a new mascot that way. Yeah. Stool. <laughs> Meet stool. Stooly. Just put googly eyes on it. <laughs> Meet stool. Not to be confused with a sample. Um. But when we were sitting down for the 100th episode, speaking of jobs, I you did not get near as much credit and uh, fanfare as you should for what you do behind the scenes for the show. And so I wanted you to talk about your job behind the scenes with editing the podcast and like how that's grown for you over the course of 100 episodes, like your workflow and things like that. Has that changed for you? Sure. Um, the I Yes. So quite a bit of it has changed. Uh, there's, there's very little that I kept. I've, I've tried to keep more, more than anything. I've tried to keep the show and super consistent. Mm-hmm. Sound quality, uh, like uh, composition-wise, um, as far as like maintaining a tempo throughout the show to keep people interested, mm-hmm. cutting out just pieces or sections where it, uh, you know you might find your attention start to drag or something like that. And this is Weird. To, to a certain degree, obviously, it's it's creative decision, right? It's mm-hmm. a it's a creative uh, decision to be made. Um, mm-hmm. That's just part of editing. Like a lot of yeah. people don't really understand that any kind of editing, you know, writing, uh, video editing, audio editing, it, it all is, it's a creative exercise, right? Like it is, it is something that takes, it's not like you can, you can, you can have a, com- an, a complete format, mm-hmm. um, that you stick to, uh, as much as close to 100% as possible. But at, 
there's still going to be it's not 100 percent, right there's still going to be things where it's like you kind of like whether it be like this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna is kind of inform like how how create a process a little bit but like <laughs> so something i really actually defined early on then and that i've been pretty consistent about per episode this is a little too technical and something nobody would ever recognize <laughs> breaths oh breaths mm. in between sentences so and i'm editing that much so like i'll i'll, I'll be editing per sentence or per word sometimes mm-hmm. People, um so it can get pretty in depth and not all shows are like this not all shows not all podcasts have the editing that the, the mothball prophecies does no. um there's 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 I would say most don't. Most are just no. people talking, and they might edit out some some dead air, or some you know, like a uh, uh, blank content. But um, I or they don't edit at all. They just yeah, put it exactly. in from a web to a MP3. Yeah, a exactly. waveform. Yeah, and um, yeah, there's there's definitely live production elements you can do, mm-hmm. but there's 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 oh, I'm trying to think. So regarding breaths, um, I'll typically cut out half of a breath. In a sentence, uh, so I'll so I go through and shorten the podcast as much as possible. I'll mm-hmm. I'll be editing for content is what it's called, right? Like mm-hmm. I'll I'll be edit to keep it on track as much as possible for the show. Sometimes some and every show every episode is different, right? Like every because mm-hmm. con- every episode is based on a conversation, and that conversation in in any conversation, you know this from your years of you know yeah behind the chair as a hairdresser exactly mm-hmm. behind the chair, like. A conversation has dips and valleys. It's it it is you know it's a linear thing that mm-hmm. you can kind of look at if you were to record it and look at it objectively and be like, okay, well here's kind of where <laughs> where both parties' interests kind of started to wane, and here's here's a part mm-hmm. where it's like this person maybe kind of said something with an inflection that could be misconstrued in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I, I don't I don't mean to make it sound more. No, and it was something than you... it is, but it but there's 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 a lot that gets taken into account yeah. when it comes to like a con- and like editing a conversation, which is what I do. And that was something we talked about really early on. Like within the beginning of the show, you had said to me, like, what do you want this to look like? Mm-hmm. And I said to you from the beginning, I said, I want it to have a format that's recognizable episode yeah. to episode. Like yeah. I want it to be beginning, middle, end, and then that curio corner so that at each time somebody comes back, they know what to expect when they're listening. Because I like familiarity, you know? Yeah. I like to hear the same kind of segue of, oh, shit, now it's going to happen. And I love all of that. And early on, too, we didn't really know, like, time frame-wise what we wanted episode length. And in the beginning, mm-hmm. Jill and I, it was, like, way too long of episodes. Like, we were just having good conversations. We were not great at cutting things off or segueing, like, to get to the end of the episode. And now, like, we spoke about that. Like, I'm like, okay, where do you want this to keep that's comfortable yeah. for you? And now we try to keep it to 90 to 95 minutes of all recorded stuff raw. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's accurate. Um, and early on as well, I think you got you, uh, as the host, you would kind of, you would break in the conversation and like try to figure out like how, how would I word this or how would this, mm. how would this best kind of fit, um, in the, the realm of the conversation. Right. Um, and o- over time, it's it's definitely become just kind of a second sense that, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I uh, forgot about that. 
that you that you kind of that you use to your employee during the conversation with the person live. So it's like you don't you aren't breaking in the middle of a conversation to like try to figure something out now. Um, yeah, the fumbliness where I go, oh, hold on, I lost my train of thought. It's gonna. Yeah, you've yeah. Def- you've certainly involved. So my editing has definitely evol- evolved due to that. That like I don't have to do as much as editing as I did at the beginning. There's there's so much. <sighs> um, it was used to be like whole chunks of stuff. Yeah, yeah. There there was whole sections of conversation that also. Were just God, I'm so sorry that Jill and I for so long didn't fucking pause the recorder because i was so terrified of losing like everything we had recorded right oh like yeah. so we would just literally well, you didn't be- know you didn't know exactly no. how the recorder would would handle that and how what would happen to what it would yeah because like i also didn't want to have like files. seven different audio files yeah. for like a curio corner that i sent to yeah. you to be like sorry yeah. we definitely have we would have like two hours of <laughs> just of audio and there would be you know 10 minutes of dead air or while you guys were like looking something up or researching or something mm-hmm. extra on the fly, um, but uh, <laughs> no, no, it's 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 been part of the process, right? You've been mm-hmm. building this. So, and la- to speak to kind of what you said uh, a minute ago, the idea is what creates a success in modern business world is particularly in consumerism is creating a brand right Mm -hmm. as unfortunate and kind of yucky as that can feel sometimes uh to talk about (laughs) yeah it's like the idea it's like creating this this thing that has a recognizability to it it feels you know you're creating a relationship this parasocial relationship of between your customers our listeners Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. and um your service whatever it is you're offering and it the, 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 there's there's a lot of psychology and there's a lot of um just tradition unfortunately and and just uh interesting uh, i don't want to say mind games right <laughs> but like you but but things you can, mm-hmm. like tactics you can employ that yes. will that will affect a person's uh relation to whatever it is that you're doing Mm -hmm. which Um, i'm glad you actually bring that up because i don't think i've ever spoken about that part of the podcast Mm -hmm. um because when we were building the brand and like what does it look like i approached it in initially as how i had approached building a brand in the world of hair and the beauty Mm -hmm. industry which i fucking hate i hated Mm -hmm. it the entire time i was a part of it it's so cheap and false and yeah. yuck, right? It really, the, the beauty, and women are aware of this. The beauty industry marketing game is yeah. built around shame, right? It's right. built around making people feel like if they achieve this one look, they'll feel rich and thin and pretty. And I have, I never ascribed to that so much so that about five years ago, I completely stopped marketing myself as a hairdresser yeah. completely because I did not like it. I did not like what it made you feel about your career. And now, where I am now, if I were to uh, do that again, I would do it the same way I did this show and the estate sale company, which was at the beginning of this, we had hired a different graphic designer who was in Canada and she was amazing. And she sent me, uh, like, I want to say a 20 or 30 page survey quiz questionnaire about your brand. And this is why I overthink details now is because of that. (laughs) Yeah. Because it literally it said, okay, so you identify your target market, right? Yeah. Here's Mothball Marketing Corner. You identify your target market, 
And then it goes from there, right? It goes, and it was down to like, what beer are they drinking at the bar? What bar do they go to? If you were to spend time with them, where would you spend time? What are you wearing? What perfume? Like all the way down to all of these details to where I thought about what a mothballer before a mothballer was a thing of what would they do? Where would they align? And by God, 95% of our listenership is the people I thought of when I did that survey all this to say when you were like talking about the the um what now i can't think of the word the illusion or the marketing of uh, offering an idea or something right where there's that little bit of mysticism involved yeah yeah when i was making this i was very aware of not offering anything i didn't believe in or i didn't feel good about or i felt like was that that mischievous uh kind of stuff right and i went you know i'm just gonna go in you all can, honest, you can easily delude, mm-hmm. like the, because uh, find, finding a balance in this, in cap, this consumerism, which is mm-hmm. you know the basis in capitalism, uh, in this society, like it, it's very rough because it's like how do you not look just gross? How do you not yeah. turn people off by trying to mm-hmm. uh, gain a foothold and like pe- get people's attention essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, you don't you don't want to be like super manipulative but sometimes you have to you you don't want you don't yeah you don't want to think of it as being manipulative right but Mm -hmm. at the same time it's like people prefer certain colors and a certain color scheme and it's like well of course i'm going to go with the better color scheme something Mm -hmm. that more people are going to prefer yeah and same with like the format of the show right like people like that but when this we is built- a, sorry, I don't, I don't mean to turn no, this into like no, no, the, no. the Mothball uh, business podcast, but well, this is the other side of it, right? This is the yeah. side that never gets talked about. Yeah. And you know, when we were building and growing, I remember I joined a ton of like Reddit's and Facebook groups, mm-hmm. yep. aligning with our brand and our people, and posting the show there. And we have never, in the entirety of the Mothball prophecies, paid for advertising or had paid advertising, yeah. because of the reason of I didn't want to just have an, a sponsor on the show that was going to get us money with shit that we didn't like or you could get from literally any other podcast. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'll put my own money into it way before we ever take money from something we have no beliefs in. Right. And same with marketing the show. You know, I've never purchased followers. I've never, I wanted the show to grow and be loved because that audience is going to stick around a lot longer than one you get from a giveaway or something else. And, you know, and yeah, good things travel and share. And, you know, it's something that a lot of people have discovered organically. And I love that. I love that they stumbled upon a, podcast that aligned with them that makes yeah. me so happy yeah Be- because i mean i think definitely our listenership has grown mm-hmm. um because of the personalities involved right like you're you're we're, people are finding their tribe kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 to bring up that fucking overplayed <laughs> kind of uh idea but mm-hmm. i i love the idea that people love the show because they love what they're what they're listening to what they're hearing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's not just dead air in the mm-hmm. background or it's not just like another kind of pander to me thing like it's super interesting stuff with super interesting people mm-hmm. um uh, uh, about like we're all living lives and it's like what do we do with our lives a lot of people have these amazing collections mm-hmm. that are that are that deserve to be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that was, you know, it's funny how like the longer it goes on, the more solid the the plan gets behind like the mothball prophecies. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we started, I was like, this is going to be my full-time job one day. And I remember saying to somebody like, this can be my full-time job in two years. And somebody like, they were just like, yeah, whatever. Like, and I was like, <laughs> I just wait, this is going to be my thing. This is, this is my thing. And I love it. And even, you know, down to everything we do behind the scenes, you know, it's always with um, the collectors in mind, respecting them, their privacy. You know, we tell each guest that we have on the show, if you say something you don't want on the podcast, just say it and we'll make sure that it's cut from the final. And they're like, really? I'm like, this is just as much your story as it is ours. Like, we just appreciate you letting us have on our platform. Um. Yeah, it's just truly, and that's what, you know, when I was doing the marketing and stuff for the estate sale company, I just stayed with that same stuff of, you know, where are my people that I want to show up and appreciate this? And by God, a lot of them showed up. I think uh, there's one core maxim, like nobody knows exactly where like success comes from when it Mm -hmm. comes to like producing content. It's like. You you can have you can have all all these you can meet a bunch of check boxes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna uh, be anything. Yeah, be anything. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing that always seems to be true is that if if people are earnest in what they're what they're producing and in, in the content mm-hmm. that they're pro- providing to audiences, then people will will be right there for that right like they'll 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 be more engaged with it Mm -hmm. um the more earnest yeah it is and like leading out with honesty and like yeah uh like i'm a real person with a bunch of issues and things that bother me and things i struggle with and i think a lot of the time because the best uh portion of me gets released week after week like Mm -hmm. I am an incredibly emotional person, only just crying, but I take things really personally. I get angry really easily with some things. I doubt myself a lot, a lot. I get really fearful of things. And even though I'm now kind of what would be considered in the public eye, on my own, I'm incredibly introverted with a close-knit group of people. And I enjoy that. But, you know being uh in the public and communicating with people and having that interaction is incredibly exhausting for me um and yeah i you know and there's sometimes now when i leave my house that i go am i ready enough for the day if i run into somebody which i know i shouldn't care about but it always happens when i'm like you know having a rough day and i'll hear somebody go are you wait i know your face and i'm like from where (laughs) You know, which I'm incredibly, incredibly humbled for. And I knew that was a very real possibility when starting this um, as a show. But yeah, please don't for one second think that I have any of my shit together behind the scenes. (laughs) I try as much as I can, but. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I'm a mom and now I get to spend, you know, more time with my kid and And things like that. But I mean, I'm a mom and a wife and I have all my own stuff and then that kind of stuff like a lot of stuff falls through the cracks a lot of stuff doesn't get done um yeah we're 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 people and we live lives as yeah <laughs> and now i only have two jobs instead of three or four yeah that 
Yeah. Which all that to say, I'm incredibly grateful for the things afforded to me because of wonderful people. And I'm excited to travel and I'm excited to plan things for the show and um, to continue to have the time that I want to dedicate to it now in my life. Yeah. I don't know. That was kind of rambly. Sorry. Thanks for sorry. Not sorry. (laughs) Working on that. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, it's, incredible how all of our pieces kind of fit together with all of our roles yeah you know and how that's working tandemly with the estate sale company and with this you know we eventually would like to record uh stories of you know people's homes and the memories with the families and things like that um and we'll be able to do that you know by the end of this year get that going um yeah i just and I do have to say, God dang, I'm so grateful for every person we've spoke to that now, like you were saying, remembering people through items. Like yeah. now when I walk around at home, I know what so many things are because of the conversations that we've had. Yeah. And even you, like you going through the Eleanor house when we were working, you knew what things were that you would never. <laughs> yeah. I'd, the things that I would never would have uh, thought or even like given a second look. No. Right. Now it's like I recognize <laughs> recognize things we walk just walking that we've heard we've you know we've heard from people on the podcast kind of talk about things and mm-hmm. like yeah it's yeah it's uh it's an interesting it, it's interesting so why i find this super interesting i've worked several jobs where i've been in people's homes right mm-hmm. um and kind of got to see how other people lived mm-hmm. um for, i think for a lot of people that they they have friends and like growing up you go over to a friend's house and you're like holy shit this the way this kid like like uh, interacts with their parents is fucking nuts or yeah. or something like that right like uh-huh. but there's there's I I've there's always been I've always found that super interesting is like the the interpersonal relationships that people have with at home mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the world so while you have this incredibly uh, fulfilling relationship with one of your best friends, let's say, mm-hmm. when it comes to like <laughs> uh, them at home, that person at home is most likely similar, but uh, could very well be entirely different, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, to so work to wrap back around where, where I was getting at, I've worked a lot of jobs where I've been in people's homes. And oh, right. Yeah. Having having done this podcast, I've got to see that as well and see people explain the things they have in their homes, which is uh-huh. what I think is also fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. So you're get with the show and now with the estate sale, um we're getting like super deep into people's personal lives and mm-hmm. how they kind of operate within their home we're getting to mm-hmm. see a type of like candidness that i don't think really has existed in the, the past very much Mm-mm. as far as like an maybe an entertainment medium right like i don't think that to to to, to get as close to a, a a person's thoughts like you'd have to read their have read their diary before yeah yeah, but what we're what we're exploring in the, with our content in the show is very much that I think you're you're getting to hear straight from these these people about like that how they 
operate in their in their personal lives and it's mm-hmm. very interesting well and i was explaining to somebody i think it was the spell check Special. i said think about all of the things in your home right now that you've tucked away to deal with on a different time mm-hmm. boxes of things things you've hidden from company uh personal effects you've kept that are incredibly personal and maybe revealing and maybe embarrassing yeah or parts of your life that are embarrassing, like related to cleanliness or uh, throwing things away or any of that. Think about that and then not being able to handle it before somebody else comes into your home. Right. It's terrifying. And I remember <laughs> what it was like going through my grandmother's home and knowing she would have been embarrassed had she known people were going to see those things. Right? I'm, defi- I'm definitely one of those people. It's like... Oh, oh shit, I am too. Somebody's seen coming my house. Over. I need time to clean. Yeah, I clean my house better in thirty minutes before somebody shows up. Then, uh, you know, and that's the other thing is being inside of these homes and seeing. It's also really sad because you can see where the clock starts ticking when decline happens. You see the change in somebody's life and their things and the stories the house tells on its own. When you come across Depends and Nitro Gloves and potty stools and bath chairs and walkers and Life Alert. And you start to see where that person, and this is no house in particular, um, you start to see where that person began to lose their humanity and their control over the choices being made at the end of their life um, or finding things related to children in a childless home and seeing oh. mementos people held yeah. on to in the hopes of creating a family right. and not having that opportunity, that's a, you know, that's all, and it, that's all incredibly humbling. Very. There's been a couple of times in the houses we've been in that I will just stand and cry because yeah, there's there and I don't think I'll ever fully share any of these details. They're so incredibly intimate and so incredibly devastating. I was driving home the other night and came across something and connected the dots and just sobbed in my car. And I just, you know, in my own head spoke with this person. It was just like, I am so sorry. Right. Like there's so many things that you see and you come across and I'm so grateful that I get to have my hands on it to give it its send off, mm-hmm. you know, and to love on it a little bit before it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I think about all the things in my grandma's house that went to go live in a new home or be resold or all of those things in the process of going through it and finding things and remembering how like naked and vulnerable it feels. Mm-hmm. You know, and today when we were walking around this home, it was um, with the family. I said to them, I said, just so you know, we hate this like looking process just as much as you do while you're here. I said, I just, I said, I don't enjoy going through your family member's home and looking at things and ascribing value to them. I said, please know that yeah. that is the hardest part of my job. For sure. Yeah. Cause it's, it feels yucky. Even though it's a part of the business, it feels yucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's. It's easy not to get caught up in emotion sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just I mean, just hearing. Um, but like being being in a people's home, 
and it's like you you want that. It sucks growing up because you realize just how impermanent uh, mm. and how short life actually is. Yeah, and how and little how adults it, have their shit together, or how little that it seems to like. Very few people make a large impact on the world, mm-hmm. and. That can be tough to kind of accept and deal with as you, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think realizing that in our society today is kind of, uh, that's, that's, that's kind of a, it's a, it's a hard, it's a tough pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, it's very, um, I mean, the humility of humanity, right. Of you are fairly insignificant in the scheme of things. Um, and it's also helpful realizing, you know, you're a grain of sand in a sea of people and to just be like, if, you know, you impact the grains around you and that's about it. Yeah. And yeah, there's nothing, I mean, you know, I think about that too, of going like, when I worry about thoughts or things of other people, I go, there's uh, millions of people that don't know who the fuck I am. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But that's all, it's also great when somebody can, can maybe... I find it very, while I've been humbled by that and when my own, mm-hmm. like in, in kind of turning that on myself and like re- recognizing my place in the universe when I, when it's when a light is sh- shown on someone else mm-hmm. in that way that their, their life was meaning. And then we get to see these, these aspects of their lives that they, they lived a life, yeah. right? They had, there, they had, there's memories here that we'll never know, mm-hmm. but we we can we get a glimpse of them, and yeah. I think that's that's kind of uh, beautiful in a way. Um, I think it's I think it's very special that we. Yeah, I I just think what we're doing is so super cool. I don't think we're we're particularly special because of it. To kind Mm-mm. of talk to that, right? Mm-mm. But what I was just saying, but I do think it just feels so unique. Mm-hmm. And it, it it very rewarding. So I guess yes. how, the best way for me to put it is very. This has been a very rewarding experience, mm-hmm. and I love I love being a part of it. I do too, and I love um, being able to be like a steward or a shepherd of mm-hmm. these things, right? And uh, giving it to other people to consume and enjoy and be a part of it um, feels like an incredible blessing and opportunity to be trusted with that. And yeah, I love every moment of every aspect of everything in the mothball universe. And I love when we sit down with a guest and hear them share something that's very special and just, I'm so grateful for, I, I'm just grateful for all of it. Like I, there's, nary a day that I don't sit down and just feel incredibly fulfilled because of Mm -hmm. being able to talk with strangers about things that mean the most to them. I mean, that's what I've done for 14 and a half years. Um, And to share it it with other people. So you did just say that you have, you definitely have been doing that for years, but has this given you like um, a deeper insight? Like to it, were there things that maybe during your years as, as uh, behind the chair, mm-hmm. were there things that you kind of thought or like inferred that you've b- have been able to kind of have a maybe a different understanding of now that you've been inside, inside a couple of people's homes and kind of seen mm. how 
You know what I mean? Yes. I, um, I've actually been thinking about this a lot recently over the last mm. like year of, I feel like the relationship I had with my clients, which is why I cried so much on Instagram yeah. was incredibly personal. Um, yeah. when you're a hairdresser, people share tremendous things from their life being oh, yeah. both terrible and beautiful. You learn you're usually the first one to hear about somebody's getting a divorce or the loss yeah. of a child or the death of a family member or cancer. You know, I've discovered skin cancer yeah. on people and had to tell them that. And, you know, you're, you are woven into your community in a way that I don't think gets the appreciation that it could be because for the two hours or however long you're sitting with somebody, you're basically a therapist, right? You're a sounding board mm -hmm. because it's incredibly vulnerable to get your hair done and to trust somebody with your hair and your image. Right. You know, you hear, you hear so much about people. And I would say that in the beginning of my career pre COVID like BC, <laughs> I was very cautious about how I spoke and what I said and da 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 and off topic shit and whatever else. Um, but still had a very close relationship with a lot of my clients. And then after right. COVID, I kind of all went out the window. And that's also right. when the show was happening. And so the show and hairdressing both benefited each other in the way of I was asking more personal and in-depth questions behind the chair to people to have an earnest conversation about something. Um, and on the show as well, it, I think I could not have done one without the other. I think hairdressing oh. and being behind the chair for as long as I was, was the yeah. path leading me to where I'm at now. I fully believe that that's what I was supposed, this is what I was supposed to do. Wow. And learning to speak with people in a vulnerable state and to have honest empathy and understanding and no bullshit. Mm -hmm. And to tell them like, yeah, you're right. This sucks really, really, really bad. And you're doing a great job. And all of those things, you know, I've had people have panic attacks in my chair and had to walk them through that and just tell them like, hey, you know, you're safe. It's all right. You also, like no pressure to get your hair done today. If you need to leave, you need to leave. And it's okay. I'm not going to be mad at you. Yeah. Like just the, so they played off of each other really well of, once the show was going and I found my footing and asking questions and following mm -hmm. the flow, you know, and when I was in the chair with somebody and they'd bring up something interesting, I'd go, oh, I said, why don't you, you know, tell me some more about that or what does that mean? Or that kind of, it played, it played really well together um, in dealing with the emotion side of it and also dealing with like, it's funny, some people will be like, this person's this or this person's that, like with the estate sale stuff. And I go, listen. I stood behind the chair for 14 and a half years and I've dealt with brides and mothers of the brides and wives and husbands and all sorts of things. I said, it takes a lot to uh, get a rise out of me and it takes a lot to make me bend. So I wish them all the best in trying to persuade <laughs> me into breaking so, my rules. So you're kind of, you're pretty, you're kind of perfectly prepared for what, this new, this new direction. I love yeah, it. I do have to share before we go this funny interaction mm -hmm. I had with an old man in the driveway <laughs> of the Eleanor house. It was Saturday morning. We opened at nine and this was like eight fifteen, eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. And this old man in a straw fedora, I mean, 75 plus years old, yeah. comes walking up the driveway and Melissa stops him and says, hey, because we're putting cones out, you know, and 
Melissa stops and says, hey, we open at nine. And he just kept walking past Melissa and didn't even, he's like, ah, oh, you know, did that like old man wow thing. And I did not have my shirt on yet. I just had a tank top on. So I'm like full tattoos out coming down the driveway at this gentleman. And I just kind of stop in front of him. And then Melissa comes up to my flank, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, I said, I'm sorry. We don't open until 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. And he, he goes to try to get past me. And I just kind of back up. And I look at him. And I said, sorry. I said, I don't allow anybody into my sales before we open. Doors open at right. 9 o'clock. And we'll be here and ready to go. And he looks at me. And he goes, well, I just want to go in and look and see what I want to buy. I said, that's fantastic. I said, all the photos are listed online on our website. Um, but you can't come into the house until I'm ready to have the sale. What the hell? And he just looks at me. And he goes, so you're telling me I can't go even into that backyard and see what I want? I said, that is exactly right. That is what I'm telling you. And I'm just smiling at him. And he turns around and he goes, well, I don't know if I'll be back. I went, that's a shame. I'm sorry to hear that. And he turns around. He goes, I sure hope you sell something. I went, thank you so much. You know, I think we will. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And he just looks at me. And he goes, well, love you, he goes, <laughs> he goes, usually he goes, if I come one time, I'm not going to come again. I said, I'm sorry to hear that, but I hope you have a delightful day. Yeah. And he did the whole old man, like, like hand thing <laughs> as he left the driveway. And I was like, yeah. enjoy the day. Uh. <laughs> Bye. Holy hell. Yeah. And then we had another, you know, another day, somebody trying to get in early and he goes, well, I'm just going to go look and see what I want to buy. I said, that's not something we offer. I said, it's 830. You got time to run up to McDonald's or Starbucks, get yourself a breakfast and come stand in line since you're here early, get a first spot. And he goes, well, I don't know if I'll be back. I said, that's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. Like, I I don't, you know. Yeah. There's there's definitely a lot of people out there that have. Oh, yeah. The the, the meme lately of Mm -hmm. uh, people have the main character syndrome which mm-hmm. everybody is the main character in their lives but there's a lot of people that kind of disregard everybody else out there yeah or we've had you know we had a couple of people go do you guys work for the outfit that runs this and melissa and i go no we're the owners what can i help you with and they yeah. look at me and then look at my tattoos and then look at me i go what can i help you with do you need a consultation or a business card or how can i help it you is, i do find that super interesting because that is a i think that is kind of unique to the area, area. Mm-hmm. I love um, that I'm flying under the radar and everybody thinks I'm just a peon. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm all for that, too. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's very strange because I have lived in six different states. I say that like it's uh, – uh, I'm, I'm incredibly worldly. <laughs> I've seen things in places. I know more about this existence That's than you'll ever – That's exactly how I it's coming I off. I'm like, you dog shit. I know shit. <laughs> I know dog shit. Um, but uh, I will say that that – like I know that existed in the nineties, yeah. right? Growing yeah. up. I remember seeing that as a child and seeing like people like kind of see tattoos and things. But now as I've gotten older, for me it's it's only become like the norm. Yeah. It's tattoos are more prevalent. Also than not. My tattoos and <laughs> Melissa's and Jill's are all incredibly offensive tattoos. You know? They're really yeah. Yeah. the sign of a mom. Yeah, this is this leads me to my favorite story from the weekend. One of them. Oh yeah. Um, somebody was coming to pick something up, and his wife was left at the check stands. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's me, my best friend Abby, and Jill all standing up there. Okay. And I was sitting in a lawn chair. It's like part of the last of the Saturday, and this woman's standing there. Melissa's in the house helping somebody with something, and this woman looks at the three of us, and she goes, "Are you guys sisters?" And we look at each other. 
And I look at Jill and I'm like, where did the R Brown go? Cause that's, and I, yeah. and Jill goes, no. And I, she says, really? And I said, yeah, just friends. We're just friends. And then she goes, well, you know, I would have thought with, and she straight up leads with, you guys all have tattoos. And then she goes to say something else. I was like, you know what? I do wish the tattoos were genetic. Unfortunately, my bank account says otherwise. <laughs> I did not inherit these uh, from anybody yeah. in my family. And she goes, well, yeah. you guys have tattoos and you have glasses. And I'm just like, ma'am. And I that, look. That, and the, that, That's where genetics definitely come into play. <laughs> I said, yeah, we all have terrible eyesight. We would not make it pre-glasses. And then like on cue, Melissa walks out and she goes, see, another one with glasses and tattoos. And Melissa goes, yeah, our eyes all suck. And then just kept walking by. But I just kept looking at everybody that weekend. I went, are your tattoos from your mother or your father's side? Where did they come from? Yeah. Is that chest piece from your grandmother's side of the family? That looks European, Eastern European. <laughs> it looks Eastern European, yeah. Oh. yeah. It's just like, no, these are... I also had somebody behind the chair ask me if all of my tattoos were temporary. She mm. said, oh, are those temporary tattoos? And I looked at her in the mirror and I said, yeah, I just put them on every morning. She goes, oh my God, really? And I went, no, no, I don't do that. So that was, yeah, interacting with uh, people in a lot. We had a lot of old people bitch about sales tax. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, there's 101. Next week, we were yeah. back with another interview and some mothball miscellaneous coming at you. Oh, yeah. Um, very excited for the next several months of life and sharing. I love that I get to share both sides of what we do now with the estate sale and the prophecies and god dang i just love all of you so very much um thanks for being here gray thank you for doing a tremendous job on also getting us to where we're at with the editing of the show oh thank you well we're 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 stewarded by a very uh resilient and capable captain oh thank you just take the goddamn compliment okay you don't have to comp <laughs> we're not going to compliment badminton each other right now compliment off I appreciate the work you put in and all of the, the fumbling and nonsense you've put up with the behind the scenes and the gray cut that's and all of those things. And I'm just so grateful that uh, we still get to do this together and spend time with each other. And uh, I just love it. I love you. Such a great time. I love it. I love you. And, you know, as always, as I always. hope you remember to look under the tables, especially if you come to a mothball estate sale. Okay. Look under the tables. I hope you find some good shit. What's yours, Greg? Love you guys. Uh, I, was, I thought I was going to change it up this week, but I'm not. Uh, go out and hug somebody. Oh, Give somebody a hug. Always the kindest things. Give somebody a hug. You don't know what they're yeah. going through if their tattoos are genetic. Exactly. <laughs> Only with their consent, though. Only. That's right. Anyways, love consent. you guys. <laughs> Have a wonderful week. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.